song. Sing along. This is Old Church Choir. Testing. One, two, three. It wasn't me this time. <laughs> anyway, we're glad everyone is here that's been able to make it out tonight and uh, hoping the weatherman's wrong. He's talking colder temperatures, and I'm not a real fan of cold. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate each one of you here being here tonight. And uh, let's begin by going to the Lord in prayer. Uh, if you will, and let's just join together and ask God to guide and direct us this evening. Father, as we come before you today, we thank you, Lord, for this day. For this has been the day that you have made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Because you are God, because you are watching over us each and every uh, day. You're watching us every minute of every hour of every day. And Father, we are so grateful and thankful for your goodness to us. Thankful, Lord God, that we have the privilege to, to live in a country where we can gather together and worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Father God, that you are here to meet with us and to talk to us and to help us, Lord, in, in our lives from day to day that we might live lives that are pleasing, acceptable to you, lives that bring honor and glory and praise to your name. And Lord, lives that teach and, and lead other people, not only by what we say, but by our example, to come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their lives. We pray, Father God, that everything is done this evening will be done for your honor and your glory and your praise. And Lord, that as we study your word, that we will gain uh, better insight into it and better understanding, Lord God, that we might serve you better in the in the lives that we live each and every day. Have your way, Father, in all things that you receive the glory again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I forgot my, I've got an announcement thing here. Uh, this coming Saturday is men's breakfast, right? 8.30? Ah. It was on the board for a second. I missed it. No surprises there. So remember that, men's breakfast, and then um, Friday night, ah, December 16th, December, on Friday night, December 16th, the uh, Christmas party at uh, uh, Jill and Dan John's house, uh, and uh, you, they're, make sure they know that you know how many... Make sure they know if you're coming or not, uh, so they'll have enough, I think, to meet and stuff, and then see, check with them and see what you need can bring. Uh, if you bring a gift, uh, it's uh, men bring a men's gift, and women bring a woman's gift. Uh, I think the limit's $20, and they'll do some kind of swap, gift swapping thing uh, at that. So we encourage you, if you can, to come and, and be a part of that. Then men's breakfast is Saturday morning. So if you don't stay up too late and, and oversleep, you can get up and get you a good breakfast. Uh, and fellas, you guys can get it, get a good breakfast and, and uh, have a good time of fellowship 
and a devotion as well. So remember those. Um, remember that uh, next Sunday morning and Sunday night, Brother Chasen is going to be speaking uh, for us. And then uh, Sunday, is it okay for me to go say what we're doing afterwards? <laughs> that Sunday night after the service, we'll have a business meeting to uh, conduct a pastoral election under the leadership of our deacons. <laughs> so remember that. Be pretty much in prayer. Uh, that will the Lord's will will be done. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask you to sing along with me. Uh, we're going to if you got a hymn book in front of you, we're go, we're going to sing from the hymn book. I got to look at mine. This hadn't been opened very often. It's still <laughs> like brand new. <laughs> uh, page 66 or number 66. Uh, Hark the herald angels sing. We'll sing the first, the second, and the fourth verse of that one. And then I think we'll do one more, getting close to Christmas. One I really like, we'll do Old Come All You Faithful. All right. Everybody sing the best you can. And we will not, uh, there'll be no judging of how, you, how good you sing or don't sing. All right? Just let it rip. <laughs> All right. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time behold Him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as men with men to appear, Jesus our Emmanuel here. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Come, desire of nations, come, fix in us thy humble home. Rise the woman's conquering seed, bruise in us the serpent's head. Adam's likeness now efface, stamp thine image in its place. Second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Number 78, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. Oh, we'll sing all three verses of that one, if you don't mind. 
Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Sing. Choirs of angels sing in exultation. Oh, sing, all ye bright hosts of heaven above. Glory to God all, glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And that's what we want to do, not just this time of year, but every day of the year. For he is Lord in of our hearts and lives, Lord of all creation. He's worthy of our praise. So we want to go to the Lord in prayer tonight. And it might be a need that you would have that you would like to mention and we can pray with you about. Uh, remember all those that are on the prayer list. Uh, let's continue to remember Sister LaDonna in our prayers. And uh, there's uh, my wife went to see her uh, today and speak with her. And she's got some decisions that she's uh, batting around to, in, in her mind to, to maybe make some changes and and do some things a little differently. And so just pray that God will give her wisdom and that most of all his peace that passes all understanding will just guard her heart and mind on the days ahead and, and their children as well. Um, and just keep them in your prayers. And uh, if you think about it, send them a card. Or uh, if you got their phone number, maybe text her or something. Just tell her we're thinking about her. And keep her encouraged that we still, uh, we're loving on her and appreciating her. And just be, be doing the best we can to stand with them, with her and her family. And as they go through all of these things that are about to transpire, all this is a transition for them. So let's remember them in our prayers. Anyone else you have a request tonight you'd like to mention? All right. Yes, Miss Linda. 
Okay, so let's uh, remember uh, your cousin, Betty Lou. <laughs> I think I can remember that one. <laughs> I hope. So remember Betty Lou in our prayers. The Lord just touch her, minister her spirit, soul, and body as well. Anyone else tonight? Brother Clint. We just remember Clint's mother, uh, that God will touch her heart and that these issues will be healed in the name of Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. We can believe that. Anyone else? All right, let's join together in prayer if you can, if you will, and let's pray for these needs. Father, we thank you, Lord God, because that we realize in our hearts and lives, Father, that you are God, that there is nothing impossible with you. And your word also declares that all things are possible to those that believe. And Father, we believe that you are more than able, you are more than capable of meeting every need. Father, we pray for the needs, Lord God, that are on our prayer list. Lord, for healing, for deliverance, Lord God, for uh, just a re resolution of situations, Lord God, that need to be resolved. Healing for, for not only in body, but healing in mind, healing in spirit. Lord God, that people need, can know that you are the God who heals us. That your word declares that by the stripes of Jesus we are and we were healed. And Father, just help them to claim that and to, to just live on that every day, Lord God, knowing that you are our God, that you are in charge, and Lord, that you are able to do anything. For you created us. You know how to recreate things in our body if they need to be done. You know how to heal, Lord God. You know sometimes in circumstances and situations that, that involve healing, you know what's causing the problem. And you know how to how to take care of that situation. And Father, we just thank you for that. We pray, Father, that your healing touch will touch Betty Lou, God, and that it will touch Clint's mom this, this evening. Lord, we're just asking right now, Lord, that you will just stretch forth your hand and touch their bodies, touch their lives, touch their spirit. Be and encourage them and strengthen them, Lord, in their spirit. But Lord, touch and heal their bodies. Lord, whatever the issues are with Clint's mom, Father, you know what those are and we're just asking you right now Father in the name of Jesus that she be healed and that this heart be made whole that it work as it was created to work perfectly and in everything working in order as it's supposed to that it pumps the blood through her body Lord and that there's no more problem Lord, Lord that you touch and heal it Lord for uh, Betty Lou we just ask you Lord to minister Lord to her life God, tonight, touch her and minister in her heart, we pray. Guide and direct, Lord, in us this service. Lord, direct us in, in our services Sunday, Lord, and in, in, in the, the, the business meeting. Father, God, may your will be done. And, Lord, God, may you show yourself mighty. May you show yourself uh, to be faithful and true as you always are, God. And help us, Lord, just to lean upon you each and every day for the decisions we make. Lord, we pray for Sister LaDonna and her family. Lord God, there's a lot of, of my probably things and they, that she wonders about, what she should do or how she should do things. But Father, 
You are a God of wisdom. Your word declares if we lack wisdom, we are to ask of you. You give liberally and you don't, uh, uh, you don't upbraid us. You don't get on to us for asking. We thank you, Lord, that we can ask. And we ask in, in her behalf, Father, that you will guide and direct her mind, but guide and direct her decisions, Lord, that it'll be the ones that are good for her and for her family. And Lord God, that she will be at peace about each one one, Lord, knowing that you are in charge and that you are directing in the way that you would have her to go, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would just strengthen them and, and our family, Lord, continue to just surround them and envelop them in your power and in your presence, Holy Spirit, we pray that they will find the peace and the comfort, Lord, that comes and the healing, Lord, that will come. Maybe it may be day by day. Maybe it be a little here and a little there, but Lord, we know that you are a God who heals you even heal can heal broken hearts Father God and we know the Lord that as you as you move and as you touch Lord God it will be done and Lord in the midst of this difficult time and circumstance for them Father you will show yourself mighty and you will receive the honor and the glory for it Father we thank you Lord for we ask it all in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus and all of God's people said Amen Amen I want to talk to you for a few minutes tonight from some very familiar portions of Scripture. If I had a title, Miss Sherry's always asked me, what's the title of your sermon? So I, I, I'm thinking about it. I was going to call it one other thing, but uh, I decided on the promise of peace. You stop and think about where we are at this season and uh, I can't remember where I was. Oh, I know where we were at. Last Saturday, we went to a, uh, a big Baptist church down in Plano. They have a Christmas program, and my daughter and son-in-law and their three girls and, and Faith and I went and watched that program. But I was struck by the number of people coming to watch a Christ, Christmas play that was going to talk about the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I never saw in my life in a church so many people that either looked unhappy or mad. And it's like, wait a minute, people, y'all are in church. This is, this is a wonderful thing. You're fixing to see a, a, a demonstration, a presentation of the greatest story mankind knows. And, and I mean, they're just, you know, they're just almost like they're mad at the whole world. You know, and they're in a hurry to get here and a hurry to get there. And I wonder sometimes, even in the church, if we don't miss the message of Christmas altogether. I wonder sometimes if we, even as Christians, do not get so busy and life gets hectic. Tell me, I, you know, I've got things, I'm trying to take care of things, you know, for my mom's stuff and, and helping my uncle out and trying to take care of our stuff. And, and sometimes I get going, okay, brain, you got to figure out which, what you do and where and what. But life get, can get hectic. Life can be very stressful. But the thing about it is there is a promise of peace. Now, I'm not talking about an absence of war. I'm not talking necessarily about an absence of conflict because you and I both know 
or all of us know, there are people out there that seem to take great pleasure in causing or being involved in conflict. How much stuff can we get going? The media world makes millions of dollars over having fights, you know, on television. And I don't mean boxing matches either. I mean that, whatever you call that stuff, you know. <laughs> Garbage is what I call it, but anyway, you just, that, that's my label. But you, you, we have a world that seems to be so involved. Let's have a conflict. Let's be mad at each other. Let's be separated, and yet that's not what God has in mind for us. The very familiar portions of pieces of Scripture, the uh, verses of Scripture that I want us to look at. But it's a promise. God started with a promise. How many of you this evening understand and know that when God makes a promise, you can stake your life on it? He doesn't lie. He doesn't change. His promises, the word said, are yea and amen. Means yes and so be it. He said in his word, whatever I say in my word, wherever I send my word, it will accomplish the thing I send it to do. It will not come back empty. It will not come out, come back without doing what I sent it to do. Stop and think about this for a moment. The very God who spoke this universe that we live in and are a very insignificant part of, it hasn't stopped doing what he told it to do. I saw a little deal, a little Charlie, uh, not, yeah, it was Charlie Brown deal. And I think it was Lucy asking Charlie Brown, do you believe in the, in the Big Bang Theory? And he said, well, sure. God said it, and bang, it happened. <laughs> you know? But you stop and think about it. I saw something, I can't remember how long ago it's been, but I, I was probably, I think it was on, on Facebook, but it was very interesting because they showed the earth, and then they showed it in comparison to the sun, and then there's some other planets or, or stars out there, and the, the further out there they get, the bigger the stars get and the smaller earth looks to where they eventually look like it's nothing but a little grain of sand that you get off of, off of the seashore. And yet God put all of that into motion. God put all of that into effect. And it hasn't changed until God says it's time for a change. Because he tells us that he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And he tells us these, he, he gives us these promises. So when God makes a promise, God will keep it. The Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, whereas not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What seems like maybe he's not on time. But he always is. Just ask Lazarus. He shows up. They sent for him. They sent for Jesus. They said, come, you're, you, Lazarus is very, very sick. We don't think he's going to last. And Jesus, the Bible said Jesus tarried. And finally he said, let's go see Lazarus. He's asleep. 
Of course, the, you know, bless his little disciple's heart. Oh, oh, he's asleep. Just leave him alone. He's doing good. He's taking a nap. Finally, Jesus had to tell him he's dead. And just be blunt with him. But he said, you're going to see the glory of God. It seemed like it was too late. It seemed like it was not going to happen. And even, I believe it was maybe, I can't remember which one of the two ladies it was, but Mary or Martha, one when they saw him, Lord, if you had been here. Can you imagine talking to God that way? God, if you just showed up, we, we wouldn't have this mess. No, I, I can't see me doing that because he knows more than I know. If he, and then she says, if, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. But he said, if you will believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And they walked, showed me where he's at. Lord, he's, he's been there. The K's already started. He's going to stink. But one of the things they said, nevertheless, at thy word, we'll roll the stone away. And I don't know that his voice was necessarily loud. I don't think he had to shout it. My personal opinion is when he walked up to that grave and that opening, he did two things. First of all, he called Lazarus by name. And I heard this said preached one time. Had he just said, come forth, every grave in that graveyard would have come apart and out they would have all come. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he did. Alive. And well, he'd been dead. They knew he was dead. They were, they were quite well aware of his situation. But he said, I am the resurrection and the life. So several hundred years before the day we celebrate this month, a man by the name of Isaiah, under the inspiration of God, began to write words and began to write verses that prophesied of a promise. Y'all know these scriptures very well. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. I'll read this from the uh, uh, English Standard Version, the ESV Version. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and evermore. Forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What is the promise? The child would be a wonderful counselor. He never gives bad advice. When you go see a counselor, sometimes, you know, they say, well, our best guess is, 
But when you go to Jesus, there is no best guess. When he tells you what to do, when he counsels you, it's absolutely right and it's perfect for you. It's perfect for me. Why they separated that in the King James Version with a comma between wonderful and counselor, I don't know. I, I just, it just, to me, uh, some of the commentaries I read said, you know, King James, they put the comma in there, but they really didn't think it needed to be there, and I don't think it did either. Because wonderful, all of the, the first word of those four descriptions are all adjectives. Am I right, Miss Carol? That's, that's the right word, isn't it? if I remember my English correctly. They're adjectives. They describe something. He's a wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. When we look at the book of, uh, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we watch and we listen and we see what they tell us about Jesus, there was never a time when he was not mighty. There was nothing that stood in his way. There was nothing that defied him. Even Satan, when he tempted Jesus, he tried to worm his way in and try to use the word of God to, to trick Jesus. I, 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 part of me, brother, I don't understand. Because Jesus was there when it was spoken. He was there when they, Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. He was there when he talked to Isaiah and Jeremiah and the other prophets. He was there when all of this was written. And you're going, I just, to me it just staggers my mind because you're going to think you're going to trick the Son of God who was there when he already knows what the book says and actually knows what it meant He would tempt Jesus. He would take the word of God and twist it. And Jesus said, nope, you misinterpreted it again. It doesn't say that. Here it says this. He was the word. He was the mighty God. Blinded eyes were open. Deaf ears were unstopped. Lame people walk. Dead people rose back to life. Demons flee, flee, how's the word, what's, what's the word I need here? Demons scattered, let me, that's a better word. Demons scattered when he came on the scene. The demoniac of the Gadarenes, when Jesus comes up on that shore, gets out of their boat, that demoniac runs to them and those demons scream, well, what are you doing here? Go back where you came from. But he had a mission. That man needed deliverance. You go right back and read that man's story. It's a terrible one. Nobody could tame him. You couldn't tie him down with chains. You couldn't tie him down with fetters. And I don't mean this to be rude, but he didn't have any clothes on. You couldn't keep clothes on him. He was tearing himself with the rocks and all of these other things. He was a pathetic mess of a man. But when he met the mighty God in the man, Christ Jesus, he found deliverance. He found something that would work for him. He found something that would set him free. 
And the man was so grateful and he was so appreciative of what Jesus had done for him. He begged him, let me go with you wherever you go. I, I can almost see, please let me, because he did not want to lose and, and be far from that one who had set him free. And yet what did Jesus tell him? Go back home. Why? Because they knew who he was back home. They knew what he had been. They knew the kind of man he was. And they knew what was going on in his life. But when he comes back, because the Bible says when they found him talking to Jesus, when it was all sitting down, he was sitting clothed in his right mind. He's the mighty God. The everlasting Father. What does that mean? He was here before it all started and he'll be here when it's all over with. He will not change. He will not ever go away. He's here for, and I don't mean this to say this lightly, he is here for time and eternity. He is God. But he's the Prince of Peace. The Hebrew word, and I'm not going to try to, I didn't copy and paste it on my paper when I printed this off because I'm not real good at Hebrew or Greek words either one. <laughs> but the word used for peace, it says it comes from a primary verb to join, but it means peace literally or figuratively. By implication, prosperity. Other definitions, one, peace, quietness, rest. How many people in this world today have none of those in their life? Even sadder still, how many Christians sitting in churches on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night or whatever don't have that? Why? Have we not got a hold of it? Do we not understand that He, Jesus, is our Prince of Peace? Nothing rattled His cage. I'm not that good. I'll be the first one to tell you right now, I, there are things that rattle my cage, especially when I get out on the road. It's like I see stuff and it's like, where did you get your driver's license out of a Cracker Jack box? You know, dumb stuff. What are you thinking? The other day, I mean, how many of you love driving in the fog? No fun. And then I see people, it's early morning. It's, yeah, there's a little light out there. Driving cars without any lights on. Like, I kind of wonder, are, are you just wanting to get hit or something? You know, are, are you just not thinking? Now, I'm just one of those kind of, I'm going to play it safe. I drive, you will see me drive. There'll be very seldom you'll catch me driving without my headlights on. Day, night, doesn't matter. They're going to be on. I want to be seen. Hopefully, scare them out of the way, but that probably don't work either. But you see, he's our Prince of Peace. He gives us the ability, whatever our circumstance, whatever our situation, to have a peace, to have a quietness. 
Can I tell you that I think Peter had that peace? How else do you lie in a Roman prison chain between two guards and you're sleeping so soundly that the angel that's sent to rescue you has to slap you in the side to wake you up? He wasn't worried about the outcome. He wasn't worried about the imprisonment. Why? Because he knew the Prince of Peace. That angel slapped it. Come on, Peter, get up. Get your coat on. You know, it's kind of like, you know, kind of like trying to get our kids when they were little. Okay, put this, this on. Now you need to put that on. Put your socks on. Let's get your shoes on. You know, how many of your parents have done that, you know, when they were little? And the angel's doing Peter that way. Peter, get up. Uh, you know, but why? I wondered about that. Why did the angel have it? Because he was at peace about what was going on. He knew who Jesus was in his life. I think Daniel knew it. I think... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that peace. I think Paul did. Him and Silas are in jail in the innermost prison and they're praying and singing praises to God. But he is our Prince of Peace. It's a promise. Stop and think, but then it's, uh, it's announced. It's hundreds of years before this happened. Before it ever came to pass, it was promised. Luke chapter 2. I love this. Uh, and my mind, I'm sure, doesn't even scratch the surface of how, what it was like to imagine this. But we know this scripture very well. The Bible is talking about Mary and Joseph having gone to Judea having gone to, uh, to Nazareth. And then it talks about the shepherds out in the field doing their job. Everything's, everything's fine. The sheep are fine. Everything, nothing's going wrong. You know, they're just, it's one of those kind of maybe slow nights. Maybe everything's, everything's working like it's supposed to. The sheep are actually behaving and, you know, the, the wolves maybe are staying away and the bears or whatever. But all of a sudden, without announcement, without warning, I think about the other morning, uh, well, Tuesday morning, I guess it was. <laughs> I get up and my, you know, we hear it thundering. It's okay, okay, no big deal. I sit there and happen to look on my, on Facebook, and my daughter is going, what's going on? Tornadoes in December? What, what's going on? I'm like, what are you talking about? And about that time, my boss calls me and said, uh, you really ought to wait till this storm gets out of here. He was in Ada. He said, you need to wait till the storm kind of slows down before you head this way. What are you talking about? Get on there. Tornadoes all over. Without warning. Well, no, I think that they were predicting that they could be. But most people got caught unawares. So did these shepherds. The Bible said, suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared, and the glory of God shone round about those angels. Around, not those angels, that, those shepherds, I'm sorry. Wrong pair, wrong people yet. And the Bible says they were terrified. 
when the glory of God shines, and it probably something I think akin to what Paul saw on the road to Damascus, the glory of God in a visible form. And they're going, they don't know what to think. They're just scared because ain't nothing like this ever happened before in their lives. The angel says to them, fear not. Okay, you know, okay, guys, just, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Yeah, right. An angel's standing in front of me. Probably, who knows how big they are? I don't know. But I suspect when they show up and they showed up to people, they, they have a, a, an aura, if you will, of power and authority. And it's kind of like, uh, hmm, have I done something wrong? Or, you know, you don't know what to think. What's going on here? And they're afraid. But he says, don't be afraid. Why? Because I've got great news for you guys. And it's going to bring you great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. There was a promise made. There's a promise kept. The greatest gift that man could ever receive and couldn't earn it, couldn't, there's nothing he had to exchange for it, came. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherd. Why do you think he went to them? Because Jesus came for everybody. He was born in a manger so that anybody could walk in. Had he been born in a palace like the wise men thought when they showed up two years later? Where did they head? They headed to the palace because their, their, their question was, where is he born king of the Jews? Herod is about to come unwound. I'm king. What are you talking about born, he's born king of the Jews? They went to there. How many of you know that the shepherds would not have been accepted or welcome in the palace? But they could go to a manger. They could go to a stable where they fed the animals. The manger was a, usually they what I've read, it's just a big rock and they've hewn out the the rock and just made a, a big divot in it where they can put the hay and stuff. It's a feed trough. But the shepherds knew what to go look for. This shall be a sign unto you. We'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. They knew exactly where to go. Nobody had to give them directions. Nobody had to tell them, oh, you take the left down here to light and then you go down to the second stop sign and make it right. You know, no, they knew exactly where they needed to go. But then it says this, verse 13, as suddenly as the angel of the Lord appears to them, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Oh, what a, I, that's one of those deals, just, it's just me. I, I wish sometimes there was a time machine. I would love to go back and sit on that hillside and watch that. Brother Don, it had to be one of the most glorious things you ever laid your eyes on. It had to be absolutely magnificent beyond description, beyond any kind of thing we could ever think or imagine. 
a multitude of the heavenly host, maybe on the ground, maybe and in the air. Who knows where they all were, but there was a multitude of them. I mean, there's a whole bunch. And they had a whole field to fill if they so wanted to. But what is their, their proclamation? They were praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Why did he come? He came to bring us peace. He came to bring us peace with God. He came to bring us peace with, peace with ourselves. He came. He was the promise. He is the promise. He will always be the promise of peace. Here they're doing that, and these, you know, these shepherds, they were the lowliest, they, they were the night shift, guys. They were, if you don't mind my saying so, they were like the janitorial staff that comes in at night to clean the offices and all that. They were the ones that everybody looks down on. Ah, oh, they're just shepherds who care, you know. They're of no importance. I remember God calling one little shepherd boy and made him king of Israel. It's a song, I can't remember who sang it. It was been several years ago. When others see a shepherd boy, God sees a king. We may not feel very significant, but you know, Jesus came for us and made it possible for us to know him and to know the peace that he gives. And then the angels went away, and the shepherd says, We got, I'm going to Oklahoma, England. We got to go check this out. We know where to go. Let's go see what this is. This is something. And they found it exactly like they were told. The promise was true. Then the promise made a promise. John 14, in verse 27. Get this. My papers don't want to cooperate. I'll just read it. Peace, I leave with you. If you got the red letter edition of your Bibles, this is in red. John 14, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. The promise was made. The promise was kept. The promise spoke and said, Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. In this sometimes hectic world we live in, I think it would do us good to just stop and say, All right, world, shut up and turn the world off. Find you a place alone with God and just bask in His peace. I, I cannot explain it, this to you, but I know it's just been my, this was my experience when my mother passed back in August.
probably most of my, I guess, grieving was done beforehand because I knew what was coming. But when she left, I knew when she was gone, her body, and don't ask me, I cannot describe this to you if you've never seen it. I, I don't have any way of describing it to you. But her frail little body relaxed. And as I stand in front of you right now, that lady, that body that she had occupied was at peace. When that funeral home got through with their preparation of her, and I saw her, it was like all she was doing, she would got ready for church, Brother Don. She kind of laid, looked like she'd kind of laid down, laid her head back with the chatter glasses on. She's all dressed up, ready to go to church. I had more than one person when they heard viewing say, looks like she just get up and start talking. But that also left me with a peace. Not that it was anything about me. I think it was all about God. God had been preparing me for that for, from even from the first of the year. I believe the Lord told me, he said, she probably won't see her 90th birthday. She almost made it 20 days since she'd have been 90. But that's fine. Because I know where she's at. I know the kind of life she lived. And she's way better. I've told several people after that, I said, she's living her best life now. And I'm not going to take that away from nobody. But how do we know? In the midst of circumstances, in the midst of terrible circumstances like Sister LaDonna's going through, he's still the Prince of Peace. In the midst of all this nonsense and stuff going on in the world around us, ignorance, a lot of it, I, you know, stupidity. Some of it is just people. How can people be so stupid and so deceived for some of the stuff they're believing? But I have peace. I have peace with God. I have peace with myself because God made a promise. God delivered that promise and that promise says peace I leave you. My peace I give. Not as the world gives. I give it. Why? Because he didn't take it back. It's there every day of our life from the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed and all the time we're sleeping. He's our Prince of Peace. I'm thankful for that. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father God, we thank you for the promise. Father, I thank you that you're always, always so faithful to bring to pass the things that you promise us, that your word is truth. That when I read your word, when I study your word, I can know that it's something I can count on in my life. It will lift me up. It will encourage me. It will sustain me. It will help me because, Jesus, you said also that your words were spirit. They were life. Father, I pray tonight that as we are here, gathered here this, in this house, Lord, that we will sense that peace that you promised. That, Lord, we'll not let anybody or anything 
steal that peace from us and cause us to get in anxiety or get in, in, in distress. Because God, you are always here with us. If we are your child, if we belong to you, if Jesus is Savior and Lord of our life, then Jesus, you are still our Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. While heads are bowed and Christians are praying. If you don't know this Prince of Peace, it's the reason he came. Your life may be a total wreck, but there were people whose lives were just as bad a shape as you think yours is, or maybe you, it is that bad. But this Jesus I know, this child that was promised, this baby that was born was not just any baby. He was the very Son of God and the very Son of Man. He was 100% God and 100% man. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross, not deserving the punishment because the cross was a punishment for wrongdoers, for evil people. But he endured a cross. He died on that cross. They buried his body, and but in three days, he rose again, victorious over death and hell. And he died, and he rose again so that you could know the peace that only Jesus can give. You can't find it in a bottle. You cannot find it in relationships. You cannot find it anywhere but in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We've got people praying right now that as you hear this, if you're hearing it tonight or if you hear it sometime after this and it's, it's rebroadcast or you come across it on our social media, on our website or on, on Facebook or uh, on YouTube or wherever it goes, I want you to know that Jesus wants to be your Prince of Peace. You haven't gone too far if you're concerned about where you spend eternity. You've not gone too far. He wants you in his family. He asks you to just say to him, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Prince of Peace because I desperately need it. If you'll pray that prayer, believe that he died and he died for you personally, you'll find that Prince of Peace to be everything he promises. I want to pray for you. Father God, for those that have heard this, and we'll hear it. I pray, Father, the Holy Spirit, you will speak to them and help them to realize, Lord, that life does get hectic and life is sometimes difficult. But Father God, Jesus is still our Prince of Peace. Holy Spirit, speak to them. And I just pray, Father, that there will be a freedom in the Holy Spirit that will help those that hear this and need to know that they need to make Jesus Savior and Lord of their life and, and make him their Prince of Peace, that they are free to do that. Nothing can stand in their way. Jesus said, if you will draw toward me, I will draw toward you. And he'll do it. Just ask him. Father God, I pray for this church family. I pray, Father, your blessings and your, your favor upon each and every one. 
I pray, Father God, that as we leave this place today, that we go in the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that only you give, Jesus, to us. And I pray, Father, that we will, that peace will just shine out of us so that those in our world, those in our families, those that are in our circle of friends will know and understand there's a peace that they don't have that we've got. And we can tell them it only comes through Jesus. And I pray, Father God, as we go from here, that we will be people that spread the gospel of peace. God desires to be the Father for all of those that will make Jesus Savior Lord of their life. Father God, I pray all this in the precious name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. Lord bless you guys. Thank you for being here tonight.